and welcome back to the Why Hockey Periodical Podcast. New year, new decade, same yelling at hockey as we always do here, with occasional happiness. Uh, last week, of course, we had Sean Tierney on, it was great, but it's good to bring on Tommy once again. He has returned. It's great to be back. Yeah, Second good decade. Have, good to have you back. We're the show. Still going strong. Love it. Why hockey is going to go longer than the NHL All-Star Game jerseys are. Yes, but not as long as the next strike. Ah, well, I would maybe, maybe. I was listening to what Bill Daly was talking about with the Olympics, and I'm like, oh boy, this is going to end well. Right, and and uh, I, I wasn't too impressed uh, with how they were. They missed the uh, deadlines to get in the the World Cup of Hockey, so it's just going to be dead time because they can't do an all-star game as the all-star jerseys uh prove they're ah. they're running out <laughs> no, of ideas no, no, no. ovechkin won't even go anymore and, and that was half the fun do though you know what they're going to do this is the last year of the divisions playing off against each other in three on three next year canada u.s um i don't know europe and young you'll country. get a scandinavia they would have to be something how would that work though because we know sweden and finland don't like each other well, I mean, I guess in this case, who cares? It's an all-star game. Yeah. Well, well you know what'll be funnier? Because I remember hearing a while ago that the Panthers. The were world. For... Remember how they used to just like throw yeah, everybody in the world. world. And those I mean, were... those world jerseys were awesome. But... That's true. They were. They were back when uniform design was creative, as opposed to being just generic, bland, nothing. I mean, I've seen tweets from Panthers fans who are like, well, they are going to instantly buy the Huberto All-Star jersey. Isn't that fair? They should do that. And then they see the jersey like, no, I can't do that now. I could make a jersey that looked better. I could buy, a, like, a basic red uniform, put some, like, you could put anything you wanted on it, and it would look better than those. It's just, they're so boring. They should have just let the team captain or, you know, the coach or something, like, make a logo or pick, like, some sort of retro logo or whatever and slap it on practice jerseys you know those thinner um practice jerseys would have taken a week and just as much effort and you would have been uh, 10 times better Do you know what's would have been cooler more unique at least something worth putting some money down for and buying like i don't understand why anyone would want to buy those all-star jerseys and the reason to have an all-star game is to part of it at least is driving revenue for the league that helps with the salary cap and at player escrow and all that and if i was a player if i was you know somebody in the league i would not be happy with the main uh, what i would think of main merchandise seller uh the jersey and you know one of the big ticket items not l- looking attractive at all and it's hilarious because <laughs> to, to be nice i know but, but it's hilarious like all the stuff at the the winter classic was great those predators uniforms were beautiful i mean the, yeah. the, the one thing about the winter classic the gloves and the pants didn't match for the stars and it drove me crazy I know, everybody yeah, i was yeah, with pointed it out and everybody said the pants should have matched the gloves and just been that darker more realistic like tan leather you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that would have been much better i don't know what they were going for and it wasn't a shell it was the actual like the whole pant was that color Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it was it was a little bit odd although the predators uniforms were just yes they beautiful 
I I was surprised it looked good for not having a logo. It just had Nashville Predators. Oh well, I mean we're used to I'm used to baseball where the script is the logo and it looks right. And those most of them, if you do it right, they look great. And those Predators uniforms were beautiful. I want to talk about outdoor games later because there's something that's been percolating in my head about that. Uh, although yes, of course, for the Stars and the uh, their uniforms, it did have a giant D in the middle, so everyone said the Dallas STDRS. Okay, so <laughs> you know, it, it, it you know. I thought all... they looked good in other logos. I did. I thought they looked fine too. I was. I had no problem with those logos. It looked big, interesting. big sellout. They sold a lot of tickets. Uh, they had an away section. It they was did like a soccer game. It had an away section. Beautiful. I loved that. I think that you should start doing that more at home, especially when teams like Florida, uh, you know, have a lot of away fans. You can at least create more of a sound, you know, more of a sound ambiance. You can, if, you know, it's divided, I mean, you're going to cause more kind of fan interaction, right? Yeah, uh, and, you know, and, know that, and we know Florida just needs some sort of sounds and stuff coming from the fans. I, I, I think you know, they're doing. They need you know something really to, to liven up that ice. You know what's really funny? Because I actually, because watching some of the games, the, the atmosphere isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Considering they play the same song over and over again, it's like the cantina in Star Wars. Now, um, I mean, I think it's the, I think it's depressing as hell, and they need to do something about it because you're starting, I think, to see frustration. Um, I, well, starting to see frustration. I will say this, though. When I was watching the game Our against Ottawa... Seems broken. Ah, well, can we talk about the Ottawa game? I have, and normally, I'm since I have edited video, it, it something like this will come naturally to me to hear it. I have never heard audio from, like, the organ or piped-in organ or the music or the sound effects. They were so loud in Ottawa. And I don't have the, the audio on my computer on that loud. It's louder than in any other rink that I've watched a game from this year. Right. It, and, 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 and I know why that they do that in Ottawa, but I was just I was laughing. But at least, at least in that case, the Panthers have company in that way. But I will say this. Away sections, they'd be all right at normal games, and maybe if you're a team like Florida, you should try it. Although I don't know how big you have to make an away section for the Montreal after Christmas game. But for all future well, maybe the, Maybe the, those ones you don't have to, but like, you know, the – Flyers, the Montreal outside of that. Yeah, yeah, you know, something like that. I, I would, I would be okay with that because it would be, it would be pretty cool because it would look like a soccer game, and I love it when they do that. It's just yeah, and you don't have to do anything permanent. You just kind of no, you can move it around as much as you yeah. want to. But for it, you just kind of know game, how many. Yeah, no, I like that, but mostly, mostly they should do it for the outdoor games. For the outdoor games, there should be an away fact, uh, fan section in every single game, 100%. Because the fact that they had 20,000 Nashville fans there made that game instantly more fun. Like, everything around the game was cool, but looking in and you would see the yellow and the white, like, cordoned off around the rest of the bowl, and that made it look like, as I said, it looked like a soccer game. And that makes it fun, because you heard... Because normally in these outdoor games, for the road team, you don't hear a pop when they score goals, right? But for that Nashville, you heard a loud pop when they score goals. Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, I it's hard for me to really remember what the other outdoor games sounded like. I mean, I know that there were some other teams that had fans that traveled well, but, you know, the... Nothing like, I, nothing like that one. It's not, it's not as noticeable because you feed off of the energy around you. So, like... 
when you score and you do the, you know, your initial reaction and you see everyone going crazy, you, you know, you, with you, you kind of stay going crazy for a bit instead of just, you know, the initial reaction. You turn around, you turn, and you see like, you know, you're amongst enemy, enemy fans, and they're like, sit down and all that stuff, and you just kind of like sit down. You know, you don't keep cheering. So I, enjoy, I enjoyed that, but I will say this for outdoor games going forward. Here's where we, we – next year it's going to be in Minnesota, fine. If you had the courage NHL, you'd play it against the Jets, but you don't, so it'll be against the Blues or the Avalanche, which will be fine. Just don't do it against Chicago. But for outdoor games in the future, visiting fans in their own section is a necessity. And also for and, – and it brought me to thinking about this because I know that one day we're going to see Florida playing an outdoor game. It's going to be against the Lightning, which is fine. If they do that game in Tampa, which I'm imagining they're going to do because – you don't yeah. want you do, I, I think that it would actually be great if they did it at Hard Rock because then you'd actually get people to go you get a ton of people to go to that game just out of naked curiosity, but they'll do it in Tampa. If they're gonna do it at Raymond James Stadium and it would be a stadium series game, it wouldn't be a winter classic. If you're gonna do that, then if you sold a section of ten thousand tickets for just Panthers fans, you would get ten thousand Panthers fans to go to that. Guaranteed. And if that was what they did, which is what I'm hoping they do, then I would be totally okay with that. Because you would find, not only would you find 10,000 Panthers fans who would go to that game, it would be a great atmosphere, and it would make Florida-Tampa mean something. So if they're going to do that in the future, and I'm almost sure that they're going to, uh, I think. Other outdoor games, I want Vegas-Arizona at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe. That would be great. That would be a... Can we we do... We got to do cold weather. I mean, the ice is a danger. Like it we, was fine in Dallas. It was fine uh, in Dallas. I mean, every time I watch these games, I think someone's going to break their neck. It, uh, it, I know, it, that's I know. Just but, but they're going to try to expand it because, well, they should. Uh, Nashville's going to get a stadium series game at some point. Just don't bring out members of the Titans for that game. Raleigh, they're going to do one in Raleigh, which will be cool. Um, I still don't know why they haven't done Penguins Flyers in State College yet. They should do that. They... Uh... You're not a fan of that? Uh, well, I don't like. I'm not a fan of State College. Well, so. neither am I. I, I it's a game that. And, and I've had enough of Philadelphia and, and Pittsburgh in. Would you be okay with Pittsburgh but, Columbus at the at the shoe at in Columbus? I would be. Yeah, I mean college football stadiums is the thing that I'd like them to do. Uh, yeah, I'm just not into college football and recreating college football matchups in hockey. Well, so I, like, I, I am. It's not so my, I, I like some. Of I would. Ideas. I would just want to do like different, different but interesting matchups. That's, what I, that's why I said Florida, Tampa, Washington, Carolina, and Raleigh. Like that's a thing that I think that they should do. You could do like. I mean, it might have to be Chicago, but you do somebody against Nashville in, you know, Vegas, Arizona would be fun. Like those. Are, oh, but the big the winner here of the outdoor game sweepstakes is going to be whatever the Seattle team is against Vancouver at CenturyLink Field. That's going to be the best out of all of them. I could guarantee you that. I want to see. Yeah, I want to see something in my something in Quebec outside. Well, the problem is I don't know what stadium you could play it in in Quebec. I don't know either. I just want to see it. I think I would. I'd like it too. But I mean, if we're if uh, if we're just gonna keep doing this, let's keep doing. You know, let's yeah. keep do it. Let's add to the challenge here. Uh, you know, after a while, it's gonna feel mundane. They have to. Yeah. We're into the second decade of the, of these. Yes, we are. Right? 
Well, actually, no, technically we're in the third because they started in 2008, but it feels like it's like the legit second decade. Good point, good point. Um, if you're going to do other like out-of-the-wall places like Lambeau Field, I don't know what teams you'd get to play there, but you should do that 100%. Uh, and there would be others out there that I could think of because they already did one at the big house. They should try to do some at some crazy locations going forward. I think it would be hard, but I, I, at least the NHL with, with the game at the Cotton Bowl proved that they can do it in a weird place and make it work. So that's what I think they should do an all-star game outside. That is something that I think that they should do too. Yes. I think that they should. I mean, if because the all-star game means nothing now, who cares? They're not going. Yeah. And if we're change, and if they need to change styles or whatever, you figure out a way to do a outdoor all-star game. Yeah. I, I, and it would bring like, cause the, normally the all-star game goes to like the Tampa's, the Nashville's, the Carolinas or Florida for places that can't get other games. But if you did an outdoor all-star game, you could do it anywhere. And you could put it in some really cool places and have a lot of fun with that. So I actually agree with you. That's a good idea. I don't think the That's one you could work. maybe put in Quebec somewhere. Yeah, that you could do that. You, you can build a, if you build a rank, they'll come in, in Quebec City. Well, I mean, they definitely might in Quebec City. I don't know about Montreal because they're bad right now. Uh, uh, speaking of which, should we get to the actual hockey that has been happening? Well, I don't know if I'd call it actual hockey. Well, it depends on what <laughs> game you watch. In the case of the Panthers, but that's, it depends that's, on the game that's always watch. the problem, isn't it? It depends on what game. They can't. They can't be. They're, they're not consistent. The, of so course, they're going to be good for some games because they have future Hall of Famers on their team. Yes. Uh, you it's, know, it's, Isn't it like the most annoying thing in the world? Because you watch them. Because that Pittsburgh game on Sunday, I said it. It was one of my favorite games they played all year. I really but it's enjoyed a very depleted played. Pittsburgh. It was very depleted Pittsburgh, but the Penguins are still better than the Panthers, even though half their team's injured. So That's the see, problem. I needed to see Florida play at least somewhat well in a game like that, and they did. So I was yeah. pleased with that. And then they come back against the Coyotes. They were tolerable. And then you hear Joel Quenville talk about, it. and it's not like the Panthers are not trying, but in some of these games where they need to take that step up, they can't match the intensity of the other team. It happened against Tampa. It happened against Columbus and Buffalo. They can't match that desperation. And I have no idea. I think it's baked into the group at this point. I think it's just a organizational wide sickness that they're never going to be able to shake. And, again, this year they haven't lost more than three in a row at any point, but they haven't won more than three in a row at any point. And it's just like you just sit there, and it is one of those things. And even George Richards is asking about it now in the press conferences. And you're just going like, yeah, well, I can't, I can't blame you because I, I don't know what Panthers team is going to show up. And right now, as you look at the way the playoffs are going, um, you've got multiple teams right now that are just red hot, and the Panthers, they've not been outright awful, but there are certain games in which they, I know, and it feels like they're just not going to show up. And then they don't show up, and you go, like, that's why you're not going to make the playoffs. Because in games like they haven't found their through, stride yet halfway through the year. Of course. That's always happened. Well, I, I remember saying on this show, are the Panthers good? And at the time, I legitimately believed that they were good. Now I'm just like, well, as, as Sean Tierney said, and we can say it, they are average. But that's what happens every year. And this is O'Brien's favorite thing to always say at this time of the year is you you give them a shot in the first dozen games, 15, maybe even 20 games to get it together. They don't. But then they put together a little run and they get back in it. 
and you start believing in them, and then they once they get comfortable and once they get in a playoff position, they they rest on their laurels, then they fall off again, and they find themselves in the thick of it, and they're just an on the bubble team that underachieves year after year. And when you look at all their stats, whether it's like goals for goals against or whatever, it, when you put it all together, it just rounds out to blah. Blah in the middle, and that sometimes is just in the playoffs, sometimes is just out of the playoffs. We don't and, know what it's going to be this you know, year, and I don't know what it's going to be this year. But, but it's you I, can't. You, that's acceptable when, and I'm sorry to say this, that's like acceptable when it's like Stephen Weiss who's like 32, and like yeah, Chris Versteeg, and like that that that's an acceptable outcome. But when you have Barkov and Hubro in their prime, when you have Dadnov who plays super well with them. When you have Eklund, should have been an All Star this year. I don't know about that, but he's playing. He's playing much better. I I, I don't know what an All Star is anymore. It's hard to say with the fan votes and the divisional requirements and, and all that stuff. Getting, every team getting a player in. Yeah, but I, I he's in playing the world. I think he's Ekblad he's be an All Star. Ekblad is settling into being a number two defenseman and being a very good number two defenseman, and that's that's what Florida needs him to be. So. I'm very happy with it. Yes. Uh, they just need to find a number one defenseman. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, I have a question about the defense core I want to ask you. Sure. Here's the question. If when Mackenzie Weger's healthy, because he isn't now, which is unfortunate, but if he's healthy, would you be okay with the defense Didn't core? Didn't he come back and play? He came and did back he get... and played and then got hurt again. He got hurt again in the Tampa game. Was it a different injury? Yeah, I right? think it was a different injury. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure it's not like he re-hurt the injury because that I, I that changes my my perspective. That would change my the injury. But he hasn't played and he's he's hurt. He's hurt clearly. Uh, if the defense core went like it, you could do the pairings you want. But if it's Ekblad, Matheson, Stillman, Strawman, Yandel, Weger, would you be okay with that? No, you, Matheson. Ha, I mean, he's actually been better. I think he's, than most of us thought. But again, it's like a sliding scale of he's been so bad that they need they need to bad. create roster space to bring in well, I'm not defense. Talking about the off season, right? Off season no, no, they need to bring in defensemen now. I mean, I still it, think we're at they the, should, but it, well, would that be better. You than can't the, you can't expect them to make the playoffs down the stretch when they're fighting for essential what might be only one spot. It looks right? like it and might they're be fighting two. four teams, three, you know, three or four teams for one or two spots, right? And if you're you can't rely on other teams, you have to do it yourself. And when you only have one, maybe two defensemen out of six and seven on your team that can play consistently in the defensive zone, in the neutral zone without the puck, they don't just like turn off, lights go off what's going on uh you know you can't expect them to make it far because you've seen that Bobrovsky still isn't comfortable with a new team with a new system with everything halfway through a year and the team is going to go as far as Bobrovsky goes yes if he can't if he can't handle down the stretch when they need him to play because I mean I would be very shocked if they just rode Chris Dreger, no matter no, how well he's playing. Third. He's not starting. Yeah, and like the thing is, like Chris Dreger, you see it when he when an NHL player gets a shot in alone, they just pick their corner on Chris on him. Like he, he's he's a he's a good goalie. 
He's a good he's AHL a goalie. Acceptable backup at this point. Play, well, I don't, I don't. He's right now. He's playing serviceable. He's good enough to be a backup, but I don't know if that's his long term. He's played way too little in the NHL, and you know we've seen goalies put on much better stretches and get bought out and sent to the ECHL like two years later. Um, so you have, you have to. You know, be oh, careful. And, and but I knew, and I knew after the way he regardless, the Penguins, he was going to play the next yeah. game, and it wasn't his fault that the Panthers lost. Right, he but knew it was going to happen like that. The thing is, you need to start. Like, we talked about game management with Bob earlier and everything, but we have to forget that because you need to get him. You need to ride this out and get Bob comfortable, and where he's confident in the crease, where he's taking steps out, where he's attacking the puck, where he is feeling confident communicating and working with his defenseman and not against his defenseman or in response to his defenseman. Can we talk about that? And, and even forwards, because let's be honest, uh, even Bar- I mean, Barkov has been okay defensively this year, but I think a lot of it's just because like no one – gives a crap about defense he knows he has to him and huberto and stuff have to score so much that he has to take a lot of chances because no one is aware without the puck there's no defensive awareness like up and down this roster there's maybe a handful of guys yeah Uh, and it's i don't know what and that's people will say it's talent's fault or people say it's the gm it's Rowe and well, Joyce and all those people's fault, but it's really just everybody accumulating one bad, mo- like hybrid roster. And this is what we—I mean, we said it going into the year that they're they're a bubble team at their best. They're going to be a, a, at the wild card spot because Boston, Tampa, Toronto, unless they faltered and Florida took advantage of it, they did falter. Florida didn't take advantage of it, Correct. but. You know, they they were just destined to be a wild card team unless they improved their roster greatly, and they, you know, they in improved some, ways some they of did, it. And in other ways, they didn't. I want to yeah, talk about. but the, the biggest improvement is Bobrovsky. But if you don't let him get comfortable, you don't gain the benefit of him. So we're seeing them. What about fifteen score Nolachari? Okay, I'm kidding. Um, that's never going to happen again. He's been good. He, he's, he has he's been. So fine. is Connolly. So the problem it's, it's, is, though, when you take him out of the bottom six, the bottom six falls apart. Well, so now they have no fall. bottom six, and you have Tonato playing center. Well, that's and bad. that's he's Riley Sheehan two point oh. I he's big. He he looks like he tries really hard every minute of every shift, and he always reverts back to defense. That's like his main default. But he doesn't like do anything. He he's not a third. He's center, a neutral, obviously. and Quinville want, likes him because he's a neutral. Because at least he doesn't have to think about him. And uh, well, like I guess that's him to defend. But the, but the end of the day is like he still gets caved in a bunch in chances, mm-hmm. and he's still a net negative on the ice. But he's I just. I don't mind Sevier Mulgan and Howerluck. That at least looks better than what it yeah, has been. Yeah, but before. the thing is, you yeah, but if you have to you got if you if you're playing Sevier, you got to get rid of Tonato and get someone else in yes, that, is, that maybe does correct. something the different there's a huge need for this team yeah. and, I hope and like S- sorella played pretty good in his three games i mean he, he looked great. like he was getting better yeah and he did look but he, better but I, I don't know but no, the difference between him playing good in one game but him 
it was the way he played in that game. He might have struggled in that game if you're looking at it in an individual basis, but w- where he was going, how he was cutting through the middle, what he was trying to do with the puck is what you would want a three-center se- three center to do versus what Boyle and Tonato and Achari and all these guys that they keep trying to plug into 3C do. I mean, if Quinville allowed Malgin to play enough games in a row, maybe he could be the third-line center. Hopefully he sticks but, to the lineup now. That's what I might hope is. Yeah, I want to talk about but, the Bobrovsky thing because we need to explain our point of why we are not – like, Bobrovsky's not been great. I think that everybody can agree on that. But we also want to say why it's not entirely his fault. And I wrote it's an ecosystem. It. I, we, I, I know. But there are people out there who do not want to say that, and it's very frustrating. And we live in a world where Bobrovsky can be bad, but the defense can also be bad enough to where it is making him worse. Can you explain what, when you try to explain on Twitter, I think sometimes the message gets lost. So this is the best place to explain it, and you can explain it better than I can. Why it is so important that the team game in front of him, when it goes bad, it makes Bobrovsky look worse than he actually is playing. Because at times he's been very good this year. But overall, the team lets him down. Because you see the chances they give up, and you see the goal scoring that happens and where it comes from. And a lot of them, what's Bobrovsky supposed to do? And then his confidence is shot, so he'll give up a couple of stinkers because he doesn't trust the team in front of him. Yeah, I mean, one, let's not... I mean, goaltending is very much a mental sport. And it whether they're whether they're they have a short memory is what they call and they can forget about goals and move on or not the type of defense and the type of goals that have been going in on Bobrovsky, the bad luck ones, the one that are kind of his fault, the ones that are just because he has three guys screening him, but no one covering the guy on the back door who taps in the rebound. Um, you know, they eventually any goalie down. Um, but the biggest thing is, a goal. What a goalie does is respond to everything else on the ice and at the end and stop the puck, right? And a goalie can't do his job if he's worried about everybody else. And when you go to a new team and you're learning a new system and you're used to a, a team in Columbus that was very much methodical very role oriented and team defense where everybody pulled their share. And when they went back on breakouts, the breakouts were very consistent and crisp and right out of the zone, especially when they, with the defense they have with Wierenski and Jones and Varovsky was used to that and coming into a defense where it's really hard to describe how Florida tries to break out the puck. It, it, it's more of a, a hot potato approach. And with that comes a chain of reaction, a, a chain reaction where everything's unpredictable and everything is chaotic in nature. And when you're a goalie and you're responding to that, your responses are then chaotic and they, and that creates more rebounds that creates more movement in the crease where you're sliding more and you're losing your positioning on your post. So sometimes you're giving up more far side than you think you are because you've just been sliding back and forth and you don't have your anchor points right. And 
to then reach inside yourself and be at a better than your usual level to save the big breakdowns, to save the three-on-ones, to save the breakaways and stuff time and time again when your defense breaks down, that exerts you. And if you're not comfortable in the net and if you're already tired or uh, you know you don't have the confidence, it's hard to build yourself up on those odd man chances to be in the zone and to make those big stops time and time again because that one mistake that you make it's in the back of your net. When a forward makes a mistake or doesn't do their like a forward's job is to score. When a forward doesn't score, nothing bad happens. Oh, really. except if you're you know? Mike Hoffman. <laughs> except if you're Mike Hoffman. Yeah, well, that's because he shoots high and wide and then his well, shot's no, a no, breakout no, no, no. for he the tries other to team. to make a drop pass at the top of the zone and it automatically leads to an uh, odd man rush. The right, other but you, you know, if you, you if you're a shooter and know, you and you and you don't score, nothing bad happens. If you're a defenseman, you make a turnover, sometimes it ends up in your back of your net. Like, you know, not every Yandel turnover, not every Matheson turnover or Ekblad turnover or Barkov turnover ends in the back of the net. But for goalie, like, unless the post is there or, you know, it's like a scrum and your defenseman can get a stick on or something, like, it's usually a mistake is... Yeah, it's in your net. Um, and no, I, everyone I looks at you. I, Bobrovsky said that he thought that this year would be easier than it was. I wish we could have warned him in advance and said, it's Florida. It's always going to be harder than you think it is. Well, because and, unfortunately. And a lot of people will give him, uh, you know, will not like that quote from him, but he's a very honest interview. Oh, he's, he's um, 100%. And I'd rather him do that than Merzikens, yeah. who decided to just not speak to the media for reasons which is stupid. So I'd rather Bobrovsky be honest, and I, I agree right. with him. It's been tough to watch him struggle this season, but as I said, like, and you and I have been saying this since the start of the year, and maybe some people are coming around to this now. I, I see it a little more than I did before uh, in certain places. But as I said, in some of these goals, I can't blame him when the defense is so bad. Like, I try, I'm not Justin Bourne. I can't do full-on systems breakdowns. I'm not even you because I haven't played this game at any level. You can barely skate. But I, if I can break down why a goal goes in, and I've done that in a couple of times this year. There was one game, I think it was the Buffalo game in November, where I actually broke down why the defense was so terrible and saying these are why these plays are happening. If I can do that, and I'm an idiot, then there are huge defensive issues for this team. They have 153 goals this year. That is, you know, it's more than Boston scored. It is almost as many as Tampa and Toronto have scored in Washington. You know, they've scored more than they've scored more than Vegas. They're they're top ten in the league in goal scoring, but they've given up 146. That's second uh that is only behind auto like the three horrible teams at the bottom of the east have given up more goals. But the Panthers are a playoff contending team. If they had a modicum of defense, then then they would be a playoff team because they score so much. And they don't need to do much to score. Now, here's the thing I will say about the Panthers and the construction of the roster. Everything that came from this this team right now was an overreaction to an overreaction to an overreaction. It's like the new Star Wars trilogy. Episode eight was an overreaction <laughs> to episode seven, and all the fan and all the criticism eh, was like the New Hope. Okay, here's Ryan Johnson doing everything different, and everyone hated it. And now episode nine is an overreaction to episode eight. I read the internet and I see what people say and you get a hot mess. 
what this roster is right now started with 2016 where Vinny Viola, we've talked about it before, overreacted to the playoff loss against the Islanders and said, I'm going to change everything. And in some ways, he had the right to do that because the roster construction wasn't particularly great. And, you know, Erica Branson was bad. They overreacted with that roster. And then they made too many changes. And some of the moves they made were good. Others were bringing in Keith Yandel, which was bad. And then what happened? The season went off the rails. The management was terrible, as we talked about before. They brought back in Dale Talon because they had nothing else that they could do. So then they overreacted to over. Yeah, because no one was going to take the job. Yes, correct. No one would take the job after what had happened the year before because they clearly hired the wrong person. It wasn't about analytics. It was about. And that's a pattern of hiring the wrong people. It's all an overreaction to an overreaction to an overreaction. And what you have right now is a team whose roster was constructed reacting to someone else's mistake. Not, this is the way I want to build this roster. This is the vision I have to build this roster. It was an overreaction to an overreaction to an overreaction. When you react, you make decisions, not because, again, it's hard to stick to a plan in any case, and you have to be willing to adapt, but the Panthers are all just making reactionary decisions, and that's their roster management for multiple years. And that's on talent, that's on the people before it, but it comes from upstairs. We talked about this before. And as I said, I wish the Panthers would be able to have somebody like Julian Breesbaugh or Kyle Dubas who have a plan and execute it, and they stick to that plan, they stick to their principles, but the Panthers don't have that because everything's an overreaction to something. And, you know, inevitably when they miss the playoffs, then they're going to fire Dale Talent or he'll retire. And then you hope that whoever the new guy is, God forbid Eric Joyce or even Chris Pronger, you hope that they come in with a plan saying, this is what we have to do to fix it, and we're not just going to overreact constantly to things. And that's where they are right now. And if people are talking about roster construction, I'm saying everything is an overreaction to an overreaction. That's where they, That's why they are where they are. It's simple. And they keep ending, ending up with the same players. I, it's maddening. I don't know how they do it. Because uh, I, I know how they, they do they've it. Never... It's a flat circle. <laughs> like, I can't. It's getting hard to watch. I mean, I I don't think it's hard to watch. It's just it, like I I think it is. Inevitability. I, when you come with the inevitability of knowing what's going to happen, and in my case, the Florida Panthers are not the Jaguars who are rolling it back for the umpteenth straight year with bad people who everyone knew should be fired. Maryland football killed a dude. You know, the Mets are owned by morons. You know what I mean? Like, well, at least it's not that. And Tom, well, I only get midfield I only injured. get season passes to the fifth circle of hell i don't go all the way down to the seventh and eighth i don't know what you're doing down there in my life you have to go to the seventh and eighth circle of hell to find some way saying "Eh, it's not that bad and and i and i apologize to all of you panthers fans because it's clearly my fault when i do this but i mean I, i as i said like can they make the playoffs yes they still can they still have opportunities but they need to prove it and they have shown no evidence that they can prove it but they've got games now where they can prove it but i i hope they do because at this point, if they make the playoffs, it wouldn't be the... I mean, obviously, I would be just happy that they make it. That, that's what my goal is right now. Like, they should be more. But we've reached a point now that the season's halfway done. We know what this team is. They're a bubble team. They can add a defenseman. They can add a center. The team is what it is. Getting into the playoffs has to be the goal right now. And when you get in, anything can happen. But that's the goal. And do I think they're going to get in? If you're asking me on January 8th, 2020, the answer is no. I don't think they will. Get a defenseman. Uh, get a defenseman is correct, at least healthy Mackenzie Weaver. What about the Flyers who can't win a road game? I think you want to talk about them. I mean, they are 
I I was expecting a roller coaster of mediocrity. Well, the Flyers are a roller coaster. Every year is a roller coaster. Yeah. Man. They'll have a six-game winning streak, a six-game losing streak. They'll yeah. have stretches where they look dominant, and then they'll have stretches where they look terrible. I think this road trip that they were on, yeah. where they won four and one or something like that. Right, and and they're, I mean, they're five, four, and one in their last ten. ten. Yes. And it's. They have gotten their biggest road trips out of the way, so they're playing a lot of home games, and they're good at home. They've only lost two regulation games at home this year, but, I mean, you can't rely on that. Like I thought that they were – I was kind of – when I saw that Froelich was traded, I thought he was traded to Philadelphia because that felt like something they would do given their injuries and and uh, outlook on the wing for the rest of the year. Um, but – I mean, I don't know what Froelich would have added, but I mean, I mean, but that's just a very Philadelphia. Move. Well, it would have been. I would have been. But what about? There's some other things that I've seen with them this year. Like they, they, they brought up Frost. He looked good. Obviously, we saw that, and then they sent him down. And now, yeah, I don't think he was he was ready, but it was good to give him bone. See, yeah. let him see what it was like. Like this team hasn't been like you look at him. It's like they've had injuries, but it's not been like brutal Columbus Pittsburgh style injuries. I no, mean, no. We kind but, of I mean more more than be, Florida. You know, oh, the they, Panthers they, they definitely I mean, had the other thing that really concerns me about Florida incidentally is that they've had almost no major injuries. Like Uyghur being out, yeah. Like they've had like players who are might be playing through stuff, right there. but they don't have that many major injuries, and that's the other concern. Like Toronto has done this with their entire bottom six being hurt, basically. You know the Penguin. I mean Columbus, who is ahead of the Panthers right now, has their entire team hurt, and they're still winning games, and it's and it's very very yep. not good. But what about the Flyers? Incidentally, fifty points. They're basically now direct competition with Florida for a playoff spot. What are we thinking about that? Every year they fight for the middle. It's very much my life. Ah, um, it's there. But, you know, there was a song for a Target commercial called "The Middle," and it was terrible. But it sounded just like middle of the road everything, and middle of the road is not great. <laughs> Don't like the middle of the road. No, no, Philadelphia can get away with it more because they do have a very well stocked prospect pool. So. Move, you know, missing out five spots in a good draft. Um, yeah, well, like they, can, they, they could trade their first round pick, it. and I'd be like, oh, they've got other prospects. I don't think that's going to kill right. them. But for, you know, Florida, if they're going to miss the playoffs, they better yeah, miss it by to, a you bit. Need to miss it terribly, and they're not going to. Although, so. you know, there's not too many defensemen, so I don't know what they'd be doing. Well, this uh, draft, well, get, I think we'll talk about this draft in a second. I mean, you've got, I mean, that's the problem. Like right now, if you look at the playoff race, I don't think – I mean, Tampa's not going to continue to play like this, even though they've won eight in a row. Toronto is playing really well, I think. And everybody's talking about Sheldon Keefe winning the Jack Adams, and I'm like, well, no, the Leafs should be playing like this with the talent they have. Like, Mike Babcock deliberately didn't want to play the style that this team was suited for, and now Sheldon Keefe is doing that, so it's kind of like, well, now you're doing what you're supposed to do. So the Leafs are looking like they should look. This is not like a coach of the year material stuff from Sheldon Keefe. He's just doing what – I mean, compared to Mike Babcock, it was right. amazing. That's, and, I, and I know that might get me some heat from Toronto people, but that's legitimately how the Leafs should be playing. And they're playing like it. Now, when they play the Panthers, it might end 10-8 because the Leafs don't defend either. But, you know, we, could, we can talk about that at another time. And, I mean, Columbus is there. I mean, good for them. I've, they've been impressive. But Buffalo's not going to make it. Montreal's, Montreal's toast. They're bad. They're done. 
Um, you know, I saw a thing because they just traded Michael McCarron. I saw Cap Friendly tweeted it actually. Here's the list of Canadians' first round picks from 2009 to 2016. Oh my God. Do you see that? Yes. That, I mean, at least the Panthers hit on some first round picks. Not all of them, but some at least is better than what Montreal has done. Yeah. I mean, that's a easy bar to clear, I think. Oh, but... I know. It's clearing the bar at the center of the earth, but you have to remind yourself that other teams... Speaking of that, Michael McCarron was just traded. I know, I did. He was traded to the to the Canadian... Uh, traded to Nashville. Segway. Laviolette being fired, replaced by John Hines. Did you know that since the end of last season, the NHL has turfed 14 different head coaches? 14 head coaches have been fired. Not a, not a surprise with... Um... Laviolette, I know he's he's a good coach. He's well liked, uh, you know. From do, do you think it was a message? All reports, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of. I mean, if you look at him, it's what every four or five years he gets fired. I mean, it's the typical. He hits the ceiling of coaches and gets fired, and it, final and losing. Yeah, I mean, he's done good things with each team he's been hired and he's had a kick at the can with each team he's been hired and he's been successful once i mean but that's still better than a lot of coaches so i'm sure he'll get one more Seattle? one more job um he, you texted me you if seattle if that was the if job seattle job. wants to do what vegas did and just be good off the hop yes if they if they don't, I think they're going to go with a new age coach, a younger coach, maybe coming out of the AHL who will have more have experience. The people that they've hired that looks like that would be the direction they're going in. But the only reason why I say that they probably are going to try to be good off the hop is because they've got the same expansion draft rules. The teams might not be nearly as stupid as they were, but they've got the same expansion draft rules. You know, I think that they should have. They should. They should look at tweaking that. Um, those rules. the NHL won't do that. Vegas is immune and you know, like we'll talk about that. In, <laughs> I'm sure Vegas has good lawyers. You're right. I know they, they, Vegas is not going to have to give up anybody in the expansion draft, which is really annoying. Um, but all, I mean, the, the point is it's like, if you're, it, but also Seattle's going to be the same division as Vegas and they're going to compare it all the time. So I can understand why you'd want to be good. They're still going to have good draft picks. You know what I mean? They're still going yeah. to have opportunities. But I, I don't know whether they're going to be, obviously, Vegas-level good, but they should try to be a playoff team. And also, when they come into the league, there's no way the Pacific Division is going to be that stacked. You know? I mean, so they'll have a chance. Right? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Pacific Division now and you think about how Edmonton, Edmonton hasn't been able to... Only McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they still have no depth, and they still have no defensemen, and they are, what, third? Correct. Yes, they're third. And I, and I told you, I liked Arizona. I liked the way they played. Um, Vegas is better. But, I mean, that's the division right now. And, you know, again, Seattle, why don't you think Sad. you can compete with that? I know. Can we talk about – Can we? I, uh, one other thing on, on LaViolette and, and Hines. It's, it's at a point, it's like the message does get stale. And it's not like Nashville was playing terribly. They actually had pretty good numbers, five on five. You know, they weren't a terrible team. Yossi and I mean, Hines have been great. But, I think it's just they can't fire a GM mid-season, well, so the GM's trying to save his job. Players that they traded for Kyle Turris. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they they really went all in. 
every single uh, they went they really made. all in on the Duchesne trade where they wanted the player they weren't getting. Like the like they did all of that to try to get Duchesne and didn't and get Duchesne anyway, and they and he's been fine. So they but... just took tours for I mean, yeah, but I when the GM knows he's gonna get fired in the off season if they don't make the playoffs or if they don't do X, Y, or Z, he's gonna use everything at his disposal to get there. And if he's fired, he knows Laviolette's probably gonna get fired by the next GM anyway. So it just gives him time to sit at home, get ready, and start, you know, thinking about where he's gonna work next. I mean, it could be in Dallas. You know, I could see him going to Dallas. That makes a, a good fit. They're gonna need, yeah, they're gonna need somebody like, you know, of Jamie Ben's, you know, like speed. that, it would make sense if he'd go to Dallas because, like, that's the guy who could get the most out of a veteran group that can still win. It's not like the Sharks who cannot still win. Boy, do you feel bad yeah. for the? I mean, I kind of no, do. I don't, but I, I don't feel bad for Bob Bugner. That I don't feel bad for. I mean, the Sharks tied themselves to an aging core to try to get a little more out of them, and they just didn't they had they had a shot they were there they just didn't get there nope they get all and you saw what usually happens you know unless teams like boston who can constantly recycle themselves and be good um unless you're a team like that if you go to the stanley cup and you miss you start to deteriorate and so does your team and roster pittsburgh yeah kind of well they kind of did and then they rebounded pittsburgh has a has that you know crosby malkin yeah crush talent um you know boston has i mean bergeron bergeron yeah yeah but i mean pasternak wasn't there for the two cups he was there for this one well, this last final, and, and, it wasn't you know, 11-13. But, 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 yeah, but it's it's hard to stay at the top, so you usually only get one shot at it. So if Florida ever gets there, they better – Yeah, prepare you for know, the As they fall. know, as they know. You yeah, know, they, prepare for the fall. Like, or or Tampa, too. But, I mean, they – it's a little different with Tampa. It, it, takes, it, takes, it takes a lot out of you just to get there, and you have to lose a lot of pieces. It's attrition physically – in the playoffs, the you know at the trade deadline to get there in the summers to that lead up to that season. It's all about you, even you, the best teams like the the Bruins traded for Rick Nash and that did zip, if anything, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, there's there will be teams that figure out how to one time one year to you know, or Toronto. you look at a team like Washington who yeah, just Capitals stayed do. in it so 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 long that you know it doesn't really matter what they gave up or what happens because it all it all feels like they slowly built a winner at the end and because they did like there are teams like that but then there are the others like the kings i think there's a i think it was hemingway who said their quote people go bankrupt i think it was gradually then suddenly which is a which is a great quote when you think about how things change in the nhl because of parody right it goes wrong gradually and then you fall off a cliff and there's no way of knowing when you're going to fall off a cliff you just fall off a cliff, right? I think yeah, I mean, if if if, you think that, if people that, stopped feeling obligated to sign guys or win with win with certain guys as their top paid and top minute getters, um, 
I don't think it'd be the case, but I think so at you're some point the teams are too loyal. I, I in, in one respect, in in only one respect, yes. Okay. I think in other in other respects they aren't. Um, they aren't loyal enough. Uh, but I think you know this is a product of the salary cap. Uh, and I'm not a proponent of a salary cap, so I would... The product of the cap not going up all that much in recent times. Now, it's about to, but I mean... That's pretty much baked in that the cap only goes up... um, Until, until very shortly when new TV deal plus Seattle means it's going to go up a ton. But for the time being, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, they need those... That's the only way to get the cap to go up is to get those big lump sum payments. And that's what the ownership wanted. They wanted cost control, except when they get big payouts. And then, then, they, then they're willing can... to spend a bit. And then they're willing to spend a tiny bit more money. Yes, yeah. correct. Uh, other things. They don't, they're not billionaires because they spend money, you know what ah, I mean? Yeah, well, no, they kind of in the Cayman Islands. Uh, let's go over some other things. World Juniors, I know you weren't watching much of it. I watched some of it, not a ton. I've been busy lately, but uh, it, it was a crazy. I mean, if you looked at the the round robin, it was one of the most yeah, uh, unpredictable, crazy. Because because we saw like the U.S. lost to Canada, then really dominated Russia. You know, Canada got destroyed by Russia, but I think Russia lost to Germany or something like that. It was it was wild. Yeah, at, at one point it was one. Everybody had one win and one loss. I mean, yeah, it that, was that, that, that uh, group. You're right. Crazy. Uh, we'll focus on. I think we should focus on just the Panthers prospects here for a second. Um, I'm reading. I know you don't. You probably don't like Craig Button all that much, but I was reading um, his Tom the top prospects of NHL affiliated. Uh, now, so this does not mean we're talking about Lafreniere and Byfield and Lucas Raymond and people like that. We're talking about um, guys who are affiliated with teams. And Dennis right. Eko right now is second. Now he had a good tournament, except for the who part, was, except who was for first. the part where he took a stupid penalty in the final. But well, he'll fit right in with Vinny Chocha. Oh, oh, I know. I, I I saw that on my Twitter timeline on Sunday. I'm like, oh, and I and somebody put, did a gif of the penalty. I'm like, oh, well, he's a Florida Panther, all right. There you go. Um, then you have also uh, Knight. He didn't have a bad tournament, I don't think. But he had a bad first game. Oh, but, he had a bad uh... first game. There's no doubt about that. I actually watched some more of the Canada game. He wasn't great in that game. Yeah. The U.S. defense was also pretty poor in that game. That defense wasn't as good as it probably could have been. But he wasn't. He, he rebounded later. And obviously, he's still incredible. Well, good. heads up. Heads up to Spencer Knight, it doesn't get better in Florida. Oh, no, it doesn't get better in Florida. Well, maybe maybe if there's a new GM who understands, like, I have to get a defender who's good at defending. Maybe Chris Prongo will do that. Who knows? Um, then, then perhaps. But he wasn't awful in the tournament. Uh, I didn't watch enough of Germany, so I didn't see anything of Justin Schutz, but I think he played somewhat. He had, he had four assists, and two of them were in one game. Um, I mean, he, he looked good when Germany looked good but when germany was getting dominated i mean he doesn't especially at that level when he's not like uh he's not like and even on that germany team he's not you know one of the great prospects that they have i mean yeah he's a definitely a middle six player um on that team and would be like that for a six round pick that's not bad yeah i mean he he could play with the top guys in, in Germany and set them up uh, for sure. And he had a couple looks, but 
Uh, you know, I'm not sure how much of a finisher he is, but he looked good. I mean, he looked fine. You know, Germany as a team uh, played really well, and you know that that goes well for him. That he 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 should be able to insert himself in the uh, NHL mm-hmm. uh, lineup and, and find a spot because yeah. uh, he you know they they kind of all play play around. Uh, different spots and lines uh, through mm-hmm. the tournament and stuff. I, so that, that was. What about? Good. I mean, some of the draft. This is going to be. I don't think there's anybody. I mean, maybe Lafreniere is, but it doesn't feel like even he's like a dominant prospect. Like you can debate. I mean, he looked pretty. Oh, he did in this tournament. But I mean, I've, I've heard people say you can't use the World Juniors as your sole evaluation tool, and that's correct. I mean, right now, if we were doing a draft, he'd go number one, but. He came into this and everybody – and you could give like four or five different people. And I was reading Pronman. I was reading, you know, what some of these people were saying. And you'd had – some people said Byfield. You'd see uh, Jamie Dr- – like some of these – like Lucas Raymond of Sweden. The Swedes had a pretty good tournament. You know, like yes. – You know, like they're – like maybe now more Lafreniere gets circled in on as the number one pick. But it, coming in, it didn't feel – it felt like this was a draft where the difference between one and ten wasn't huge. And also, there's that Russian goalie, but none of the Russian goalies played well. Uh, the Russian goalie uh, Askarov, I believe his name is. is that right? Yeah, it's it's Askarov. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he he had a bad game uh, in the semifinal, um, mm-hmm. and didn't play in the in the. But he also remember he's a draft eligible goalie in the World Juniors, and you're right. Talking yeah, about- for sure. Like that's and again how? But I mean, again, he's him and Spencer Knight were viewed as generational talents, and they didn't. They both didn't really. They had games where they did not look like, like generational, generational talents, oh, of course, and that of just course. shows. And and it's you see that more often with goalies and defensemen than you know the Fords, where Lafreniere was you know hurt and everything, but he looks like he you know. He Somebody like, who would have generational hype. He, can, he, he, he can, definitely he, should. I don't think he's a, gen, but he's not. I don't think he's a generational player. Like he might be. There's. He's he's better than Heischer and Patrick. I I maybe I don't know if he's gonna come in with the same sort of hype as Kako and Hughes did. You know what I mean? Like maybe he falls more on like the. I don't like. This is not a comparison, but it, like, does he fall more on like the Dalene level? Like he's pretty good, and we're pretty sure he's gonna be great. Like he is the number one pick, but I'm sure there's a lot of other guys who are at uh, who are at you know like as we said Raymond Byfield you know players like that who could who could be it's, yeah it's, I mean that, there's that, that, definitely I thing. mean there's there's five guys that could be the best in this draft mm-hmm. six if you think if you think it's going to be the goalie seven if you think Drysdale Drysdale the def- defenseman counts I don't think. Drysdale is going to be the best player in this draft. He might be the best defenseman in this draft, but uh, I think, you know, like you said, Lafreniere, Byfield, Raymond, Lundell's Finnish center, and Holtz, the other Swede, yeah. could all end up being the best player there's in this draft. German, there's that German guy whose name I'm not remembering. Tim Stutzel. Correct. Uh, Tim. Yeah, he, I mean, he looks great and everything, um, but I'm not convinced yet that I'd put him in that top five i think like he's in that at, next you looked group, at some of like that next mock draft kind of things here it's like as you say like this is a really forward heavy draft like extremely <laughs> yeah. forward heavy draft as i'm just i'm not this I'm is not, a good year for florida to make the playoffs and still get a defenseman in the first round correct yes because the you know, defenseman might be there so make the playoff florida correct amundo uh it's it 
it's interesting though, right? Like that's what, and and that and and like, but it also felt like because because Canada had all these draft eligible prospects there, and obviously last year was the U.S. national team development program year, right? Um, and this year, this year is the if you're a Canadian or Swedish forward, this is the draft for you, basically. Does that? Or or you this are is, um, this is definitely off. a Canada a Canada's back year. Um, well, everything we talk about with the draft goes in waves, right? Last year was yeah, a dominant US cycles. year. This year will be a dominant year for probably the Q, which hasn't had like a dominant draft year in forever. You know, so like you can see that. But uh, point B also, also in terms of prospects, all star Owen Tippett. Didn't think Good. he was gonna play that well in, in Springfield and he has. So I'm Good. Happy. He's our best chance of getting a defenseman this year. Ah, yeah. Good lord. He is. I mean I'm not trading him. Him and Mike Hoffman. Well, oh, I would now. Hoffman, on the other hand, yes. Okay, but if if you know someone said, "Hey, we have Hampus Lindholm." Now it depends on who it would be, obviously. You know, yes. like I mean, we're talking like a top pair defenseman. Um, if you, you could and, offer me, I would top, trade if Owen you could offer for me a top pair defenseman for Owen Tippett, then I would do it. But, yeah. In a, in a hypothetical universe in a hypothetical universe like i would i would consider doing that yes i'm just happy he's playing this well in the in the a because i didn't think it sure. was going to happen and this and right now springfield is fourth in the atlantic so they would be a playoff team if things ended today i think so that's better than usual i have no idea how i don't know but hey i'll i'll take it can't can't really complain i mean that could be worse uh so good 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 for him as i said like i wouldn't as i said it would have to depend on the trade that you were offering to get that defenseman and still available sammy Votnin. he he had pride the devils did their pride night game a little bit ago and he had pride tape during the game so this is even more reason to trade for sammy Votnin. he would he would be a good uh in-season addition but oh 100 percent and you better also, start hoping John Ludwig is the real deal. Oh God! What about our our friend the Belarusian whose name now has just escaped me? Kalichana. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll oh, see. Oh, I, I, there is somebody I forgot. We're looking for a number one defenseman. I don't know if they're it, but oh, they're. I don't think they're it either. But what did you? What do you think about Riley Stillman now that he's playing every game? I think he's fine i mean the the thing is at least he attempts to function without the puck he and he seems does. to know what he seems to know that he should function without the puck so if the pain, and and that's like a big improvement without the puck at this point yeah i mean because I, I think that some breakouts are a lot easier just because he's trying to be positioned and be ready for the puck when it comes to him and he, know what he, he wants had, to do with a it great pass to spring hoffman last night really like that um he yeah. has his turnovers he has his mistakes but i think that the fact that he's getting all these minutes is a good sign and he is better than mark pesic which is also a good sign so i will take that yeah um, i need to get that guy off the team um good lord i was looking somebody retweeted oh by the way you know i don't know if we're allowed to say this but uh josh brown uh shouldn't be playing every day oh no do we should we mention that story no no okay fine then we will not do that um 
funny. He's laughing in Josh the background. Josh Brown's Josh Brown's significant other, or, or Josh Brown using his significant other's account, likes to search his name on Twitter and and be sassy to people who say that he maybe made a mistake or didn't do something right. Which, if you're a professional athlete and you're not like a star player, or you're not like very well liked or something like that. I'm not saying player. he's not well liked or anything. But, no, you know, I, he's... Josh Brown might be a great human being. I do not know him as a human being. I only see what I see as a hockey fan as a hockey fan and someone analyst. And, listen, there are plenty of people who I like, who I have called, who I have said are bad players in the past. There's plenty of them. I mean, I cannot tell you how often that's happened. And I, I just don't think he should play every night in the NHL. That's all. That's, you know? that's a fair assessment. I would also say here, if you are significant others or relatives of friends of people who play in the nhl and are not superstars just don't search names on twitter just don't do that now i thought maybe because josh brown is a very generic name that we might have a better chance of you know escaping such things you know what i mean like if somebody wanted to search my name and find it well they could easily find it because i'm the only person who has that name and yours somewhat too but josh brown is a generic name so you know Maybe that would be fun. Yeah. You know what else I found funny last night? I was watching. I was reading some of some stuff before the game, and I was watching some of the stuff during the game. Jacob Chickard's actually playing really dang well. Yeah. I advocated drafting him in 2016. I was very much an advocate for that. And now he's playing. You should have drafted a defenseman at some point in um, some year. Yeah, correct. Um, also, Lawson Krause hit two posts and then uh, scored an empty net goal and played pretty well. I wonder what Steve Warrior thinks of that. I wonder what Tom Rowe thinks of that. Yeah. What people on Twitter think of that. I really just wish we drafted a defenseman. That is also correct. I wish they drafted a defenseman. Or, as my sign suggested, anyone but Kraus. Ah, did you have that sign at that draft? Yes. I should. I did not sit with you during that draft. I should have, but I didn't. Um, I. That was a very fun time. I should have sat with you, and I didn't do that. Oh, man. That, that was a – I'm sorry. I should have done that. I regret that now four years later. Oh, Elliot Freeman has 31 thoughts out. I'm going to um, try to see if the Panthers are mentioned in this in some way, but probably not because no one cares. Let's well, see. let's hope that Florida finds a defenseman. I, yeah, I would like them to find a defenseman. Very much so. Um, uh, John Hines, Nashville. Good lord, what a disaster! I don't understand how that guy got a job so quickly. Uh, he knew somebody. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he room. He was somebody's roommate. Oh, we have a Chris Drieger thing. We have a Chris Drieger thing in here. I don't know. Uh, I they're they're gonna extend him. They're gonna uh, extend him. They're already signing the paperwork. No, no, but it's a it's a story from Friedman on Drieger. You know, Freeman oh. likes those stories, and I like Elliot Freeman. So, well, I know but, that Florida and every team, you know, pitches but, those stories. But, oh, I'll certainly Panthers too. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, the other thing from the World Juniors: Barrett Hayton not taking off his helmet. Uh, oh yes, helmet. yeah. Stupid and controversy in the world. No, I mean, they, they he didn't he didn't respect you know the anthem and. I mean, I, I, I understand because if a Russian did that, oh, the Canadians would be oh, no. all over no, him. No, 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 no. Don't even think about it. Oh, please don't. Yeah. So, I I mean, I understand why people get all 
huffy and puffy about it, but I think that we shouldn't be playing oh, even even on Olympic Games. Do I don't think we should play national anthems and stuff. No, no, or I don't no think sense. there should be any. Okay. I know. I know. I'm gonna get hate on this from the Panthers fan team military industrial complex, but I don't think we need to do anything related to being a Patriot at a sporting event. I think we can just go to a sporting event and enjoy a sporting event on its own. percent team, no national anthems, hundred yeah. percent, team no national anthems. They don't do it in any other place except North America, uh, except for the Stanley cup final. That's fine. But every game, no, you don't need to do that. And also we do not need to do military everything every single game some games fine if you want to do a military appreciation night perfectly fine but you don't need to do it every single game it at some point feels like you're using the military but how would they get how would the military moms get their discount oh well or or how or or Uh, how would we get those reunions I know, I know. I don't like seeing the military being used. I, 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 I'm tired of standing five times a day to, to clap for someone's, uh, you know, choice and profession. Uh huh. This is also a good, good point. Um. Anyway, uh, we're gonna go read the Chris Drieger thing in Thirty One Thoughts, and in the next show we will spend five minutes talking about that probably after Drieger has to come in once again, fortunately. I know this is making you so happy. Uh, it's, I'm, just, I'm just happy that I'm not super into it. Put it this way. At least you don't have to watch Jose Mourinho's Tottenham Hotspur play without a functioning midfield because they don't have anybody healthy against Liverpool. I'm too busy watching my Wolves. Oh, you're a Wolves fan now. Yes. Oh. I've, ah, you I've ended my suffering. You ended your well. Palace is actually not that bad this year, so maybe you jumped off the bandwagon. Well, I'm yeah, I'm helping them. Oh, you're helping them. I see. So you're gonna make wolves worse. Well, I'm hoping that they're just so good it can't it. I can't do any damage. About wolves, they have connections to some agents, and it's a little sketchy. Not the cleanest thing in the world, but I will say that some of their players are good, and I like them. Yes. There's nothing offensive about wolves in any way. I, I find that club very interesting. I find the way they built the team very interesting. Uh, yeah, so congratulations on migrating from London. Do you even know where Wolverhampton is in England? Or have you figured that out yet? I'm sorry? Do you know where Wolverhampton is in England? Uh, it's it's there. It's there. <laughs> what About where in England is Wolverhampton, do you think? It's like north a bit. Northwest like north of it. Bit. Okay. Like an hour, uh, maybe two hours. You know, two it's hours in, in like nowhere. Of, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's about two hours. What are we talking about now, Wolverhampton? Okay, it is in. Well, you're in, you're right about it being middle. I wouldn't call it the north. Not okay. Um, oh, north of. What is it north of? Okay. Is London. it north or south of Manchester? north of manchester you are incorrect it is not north of manchester south of manchester it is south of very south of manchester is it north or south of london yes we will continue this discussion about wolverhampton wanderers on the next show where tommy and i talk about how great new new spiritu santo is probably i love traore yeah tommy traore is fun he's he's, he's fun he single-handedly came back and uh so against Manchester city yeah yeah, Could be Spurs, great. though. 
couldn't beat Spurs, though that was a nice thing that happened. One, I believe that Spurs weren't a complete and utter disaster. Anyway, uh, is there any other hockey things you would like to talk about before we head out? Trade for defenseman? I think... <laughs> no, Colorado's been fun to watch. I keep watching them. I watch more of them than the Panthers now. Uh, also, Vancouver has also been fun to watch. Um, Until they don't lost 9-2. Like yeah, but I mean, it's fun to watch. I mean, I, I, I don't would mind say that watching. When the Panthers played the Leafs, they had, it was fun to watch. There were some good jerseys out there. Buffalo threw out some good jerseys the other day. Where's Florida's good jerseys? Where are their retro jerseys? Where are yeah, their third jerseys? Where's something? Uh, that's got to Florida, happen. Florida needs to lose the stigma of being a cheap mickey mouse organization and to do that they need to stop playing the same songs and warm-ups that the pan know, that the players continually the players are complaining about it now. complaining about just stop just buy the rights to other songs or burn a new mix cd or whatever i'm sure you can get a spotify account i have an extra spot on my spotify premium account dm me florida uh, i will give do you do you really I'm sure Andrew Ember's on Twitter. I don't know if Andrew Ember controls that, but I, I'm but sure you know, like we we gotta you know, like we gotta do something about this because the atmosphere is terrible. You know, well, stop being. If you if you get some better ice, I'm tired of the ice. The home record would be a lot better if their ice was a little better. I would. How about how about this? It's better than some years, but yes, oof. it's better than some years. Can I say one thing for the Panthers? I would be. I would give you all the bonus points in the world if you did this. If one day. You did, because everybody's criticizing how you play the same song, if you played the song from the Star Wars Cantina at some point during the game, then I would laugh. And you should And then that. never played those songs again. And then and never then played never... those songs again, correct. I mean, yeah. is there really not any, like, Linkin Park you could play? Or I mean, yeah, I mean, I think... The... Some 41? Yeah, you just can't play this, like... Can it must be terrible. Though? You're you're no, let's say you're down a goal. You're down a goal in the third period. You're at home. There's not that many people there. And there's some people that were there have already left and definitely have lost interest in the game, right? And you you know you know at the next whistle that some forty one songs coming on. Oh. You know it. You feel it. And you're trying to get hype. You're trying to get the boys on the bench going, right? You're trying to get back in the game. And the then they play that song hear. one more time and it just like sucks out your soul. I, I go to the you know, the, the the Flyers don't do that. You know, other sports pro, professional sports teams I mean they yeah, they might repeat certain songs and there's always the cotton eye Joe that comes on and you know, the staples, but they they regularly mix up the music and the presentation and can things we, like can that. Can we get some Lizzo at the very least? I would be all into that. Like, yes, please. I mean Do, that's a great song. Why don't you I play don't care it? if you start if they start heavily featuring the people Pitbull. who are who are coming to the arena next, right? Because Ariana at least that Grande? would change. Noted at Panthers least that fan? would change enough, you know. No uh, Panthers fan, Ariana Grande. Although I do, I do get tired of those commercials. I remember uh, what was it? Not the Wiggles, but the oh, the, oh um, you, Yogo. You, oh, Yoko Ma. Yoko Ma, the BB&T <laughs> Center with the Trans Siberian Orchestra. No, no, no. The uh, it was like a kids show, or like a kids thing. Barney on Ice. So annoying. That actually would be a good a metaphor for the Panthers, Barney on Ice. Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh, I, really? Did they have that at the BB&T Center at one point? Yeah. 
like two years ago. And I remember the commercials. Oh, so. no. Well, remember, they used to be, uh, they used to show the commercials on Game Center Live or NHL TV. They don't do that anymore, sadly. I wish they did. Because you know the Panthers actually had, you know, the, the foundation for a better life stuff as commercials for their hockey games at one point, which is like the lowest of the low. Like you couldn't eat. They have more sponsors now for their games than they used to, so that's good. But um, uh, I would suggest Lizzo. We can get Lizzo. Very good. Again, you can play Ariana Grande. She likes the Panthers. You might just want to do that anyway. Think you can try that, Florida? I think you can. Pitbull. I mean, yes, it might be Steve Goldstein dressed up like Pitbull, but, it, I mean, it gets some South Florida flavor going, right? You okay with that? We yeah. get somewhere? I just... Like, yeah. different, maybe different Foo Fighters songs than the two you play all the time? They have a good, they have a good set list. You know, for a while, you used to play a decent Green Day song. They have a lot of other guns that aren't terrible. I mean, you could play those. They're all terrible. I'm okay with Green Day. That's that's not, that's not a that's not good. I like Green Day. Green Day's fine. What other bands would you play with the Panthers games? We're offering suggestions now to the Panthers in-game entertainment. That I know that they listen to this show, so maybe they'll 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 listen to us. What were we Seth thinking? Seth Jarvis is the prospect in this uh, in this draft. Yeah. Seth Jarvis. Seth Jarvis. He's related to former Wolverhampton Wanderers legend Matt Jarvis. Seth Jarvis. I feel like that would be Seth Jarvis and the... Seth Jarvis. Well, no, we had... Seth Jarvis. It sounds like his name? parents said his name out loud, like, a lot before he was named. You know? They said, yes, that's what I'm going to name my child. Seth well, Jarvis. Well, we know for for hockey, right? I think one of Jeff Merrick's favorite things is, we, like, Western hockey names, right? Like, you're going to have a draft this year with some just bizarre, awesome names, and then the Calgary Flames select Seth Jarvis. <laughs> what? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, Lucas Raymond is not the most Swedish name you've ever seen. Well, I got a good one for you. What? Wyatt Singoth. Wyatt what? Singoth. Huh. Singote? I don't know. Shingot. Hmm. I don't know about that. I'm only thinking of Wyatt. I'm not even going to spell it. I'm not going to spell it because then you'd see how bad I'm pronouncing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what else we have? I'm just looking at names that we have. This is Zion. You're never going to be as good as um, Zion Williamson, so don't try that. Um, Zade. Who named their child Zade? No. Zade. Anyway, good night and good hockey. And by the time we get to the next show, please play better songs, Panthers, and also come to us with your favorite hockey names. How about that?